0: Good morning everyone. Uh, My name is Norton. I'm one of the pastors here in case you happen to be new or visiting with us this morning. Uh, A few months ago we sent out a survey to everyone in our community um, just to get a sense of how you're doing, how we're living out um, our core values uh, here at New Denver and just to receive any questions or feedback you have for us and a bunch of you filled the cell. So uh, thank you so much uh, for doing that. We got some great data, um, some great comments. The overwhelming majority of the comments were positive, and that's always uh, super encouraging. But there was also some constructive feedback, and that can be uh, very helpful as well. For example, um, one person wrote this. I'm still struggling a bit with the sermon that included a graphic story from Judges. Uh, Me too. Emily preached that sermon. And she did not get that story approved by the marketing and PR team, right? Um, we don't have a marketing and PR team but um, but yeah, that was a tough story if you were here a few months ago when she preached and and maybe the the comment the person was making is is the, the struggle isn't necessarily bad, but it was just it's a struggle right to understand or know what to do uh, with stories like that. So thanks for that um, comment. um Here's just another one. Uh, wish you could bring back the online Sunday service. Um, And yeah, we get that. Uh, We made a decision a while back. If you weren't here um, at the very early part of this year, um, we kind of figured out that whenever you watch church online, um, you're not really able to fully participate or engage in worship or community the way it's meant to be. Um, And one of our core values is presence. That's really, really important to us, and we want to keep it that way. And so we just decided, unless there's a really uh, compelling health reason that affects our entire community, like there was when the pandemic first broke out, right, Um, that we're not going to make streaming our services online a regular part of what we do. Um, Here's another comment. Uh, I love my NDC family. I'm so glad God led me to this group of wonderful Jesus weirdos. Uh, that was great to hear. We appreciate that. And then one more um, at the very end. Somebody wrote this. Don't go changing. Right. And that's that's good to hear because we're always trying to balance like what are ways that we need to grow as a community of faith and what are ways that we just need to embrace who we are um, and be OK with that. So uh, that was just a few of the comments. Um, We're still processing a lot of the data and things that people wrote and responses. So again, uh, for all of you who filled that out, thank you for taking the time uh, to do that. There was one question that we asked, um, and the response we got really got me thinking over the last couple of months. We asked this, how often do you read the Bible on your own? Now, uh, the survey was anonymous, so I'm assuming everyone was really honest in answering um, these questions. And so here's what you said. Uh, Six percent said every day. Fourteen percent said most days. Forty-one percent said occasionally. um, Thirty-two percent said rarely. And seven percent said never. Now, that's not really very surprising, but to see the specific numbers there in, in black and white, it got me thinking. Um, only 20% of us read the Bible every day or most days. 80% of us, the overwhelming majority, right, read it occasionally, rarely, or never. And by the way, there's, there's no judgment here. This is not about who's righteous and who's not. This is just an honest assessment where I think we all said, uh, or at least most of us said, most of the time, I just don't read the Bible very often. Right? It's just not that important in my life. And I wonder why that is. I've been wondering, why don't we read the Bible very often? How would you answer that? Why don't you read the Bible Very often. If I had to guess, uh, here's what I think the most common answers would be Uh, I'm too busy. Uh, It's too hard to read and understand. I don't have the desire to read the Bible. Or I have the desire, but I just can't consistently do it. Now, there might be other answers you would give to that, but I'm guessing they all fit within one of these. So I want to take a look at each of them um, really quickly. Uh, The first one, I'm too busy. This is probably the most common reason that that we would give, that we don't read the Bible very often. But when you stop and think about it, it's not really a great reason, right? Yes, many of us are busy, and yes, we have a lot going on. But just stop and think about what it is that we fill our lives and fill our days up with. Um, Probably most of us sleep about eight hours a day, right, hopefully. And uh, and then a lot of us probably uh, go to school or work about eight hours a day. So what do we do? With the other eight hours. The average American spends 5.4 hours a day on their phone. Now, of course, some of that's work or communication that's sort of important or essential, but probably a lot of it is just tinkering around, social media, surfing, entertainment, or games. But the average American spends 5.4 hours a day on their phone. Also, the average American spends three hours a day. Watching TV. That means that most of us spend over eight hours a day, all of our extra time, or at least most of our extra time when we're not working or not sleeping, on our phones or watching TV. Now, we have to use our phones, right? They're a necessary part of our lives and our culture. And, of course, enjoying some entertainment on TV is totally fine. But it just raises the question, are we really too busy to spend a few minutes reading the Bible most days. Uh, The second reason we don't read it, I think, is this. The Bible is too hard to read or too hard to understand. And I totally get that, right? That's totally fair. There are definitely parts of the Bible that are difficult to read. They're hard to understand. I've spent most of my life, trying to study the Bible. I have several, a couple of degrees in how to read the Bible and understand. And there's parts for me that it's still hard to read and hard to understand. But what I've also realized is there's a whole lot of parts of the Bible that are not difficult to read. And they're not hard to understand. And I discovered that there's a lot of helps. There's a lot of resources that explain some of the things that I don't get, that can explain some of the strange cultural things that I'm not aware of that make reading the Bible easier that even help me see some of the beauty or some of the mystery or maybe just some of the brokenness of humanity in some of the tough parts like that hard story from judges and so uh, what if you took let's say 20 minutes out of your phone and TV time every single day, which you would not even miss, right? I mean, we would not miss it at all. What if you just took about 20 minutes out of that? It wouldn't affect anything important in any of our lives. And then we gave you some resources and some help to to read and understand the Bible better. Would you then be one of those people that reads the Bible every single day or most days? Maybe, but probably not because of the next reason, which is, I think, the most significant reason. Many of us, if we're honest, would say, I just don't have the desire to read the Bible, right? It's not a question of if I can find the time. It's not a question of whether I can make it work. It's just, do I want to, right? And I'm not sure many of us actually want to. And guess what? That's okay. I'm a pastor. I'm like professional Christian, and there's a lot of days that I don't want to really read the bible and so the question is then why do it if i'm already busy if it's a tough book to read to start with and if i don't really have the desire why even read the bible i mean it's not like uh, god is up there and he's tracking all of us right he's got his like not screen time but like a bible time app that's like tracking all of us and how much we're reading and he's putting us into two categories right there's the good people and there's the bad people and the good people read their bibles a whole lot and the bad people don't read their bibles and he blesses and rewards all the good people and he punishes all the bad people so if you want to be on the good list make sure like that's not how God works do you know who works that way Santa Claus, right? That's how Santa Claus works, but that's not how God works. So if God is not tracking our Bible reading time and then rewarding us based on that, if that's not how God works, then why actually read the Bible? Well, let me tell you how a few people have answered that question. The Apostle Paul uh, wrote a letter to some friends living in Rome in the first century, and at the very end of the letter, he said this, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Now, let me stop right there. He's talking about the Bible and scripture, because if you could read the whole book, uh, uh, the whole letter of Romans, you would see that he actually quotes the Bible a whole bunch throughout the letter. And then, actually, right before this section, he quotes the Bible again. And it's almost like he realizes, I need to tell my friends why I keep quoting the Bible so much to them. And so he says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. And everything means what? Everything, right? All of the parts, all of the parts of the Bible that are tough to read, all the parts that we don't understand, all those lists of names and genealogies that seem to have nothing to do with any of our lives, right? It was all written down. It was all passed down to us in order to teach us. To teach us what? Well, if I was writing this letter, and I'm not Paul, but if I was writing this letter, I would have said the Bible teaches us what god is like what god has done in history and why jesus is so important it teaches us who god is and what he's like it teaches us also what god has been up to in history because there's a lot of parts of the bible that are historical in nature and so we see what god did with the nation of israel and then we see what god was doing with this new movement of people who are following jesus but then it also teaches us why jesus is so important That so much of the Bible is is demonstrating the fullness of God's communication to us, which is actually the person of Jesus. That Jesus himself is the embodiment of what God is truly like. And it's like all of the Bible is in some way sort of pointing to Jesus. Now, I think Paul would agree with all of that. But here's what's interesting. That's not why he said the Bible is so important for us to read. Look at what he says. He says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So he's saying when we read the Bible, we really get three things. We read it because it's teaching us endurance, encouragement, and hope. Uh, The word he uses for endurance there means To uh, have the ability to withstand storms in your life. To hang in there when things get hard and tough. To endure, to persevere. Uh, The word for encouragement that he uses is something like um, the word coaching the way we would use it. You can almost picture somebody on the field and they're playing a game and there's a coach on the sideline and the coach is cheering them on to play the game the best they can play. And sometimes you look over at the coach and the coach is sending in plays and he's telling you what to do. Sometimes you run the play and it doesn't work so well and you hang your head in shame and you go over and the coach says, that's okay. We're going to be fine. Just get back out there and keep going. That's what Paul is saying. The Bible provides us that kind of encouragement and coaching. And then of course hope and this word for hope just means the expectation that everything's going to be okay the expectation that i'm not alone in this and that everything is going to be okay and it's like paul is saying look if you want more endurance in your life read the bible if you want more encouragement and coaching read the bible if you want more hope read the bible the writer of Hebrews says this, the word of God is alive and active. So it's not just words on a page. They're not these just these ancient stories that we read, that these words are actually doing something to us. They're, they're alive and active. And the Greek word for active here is the word energes, which is where we get the word energy or energetic, right? In other words, these words are full of life and energy. They're not just static They're dynamic. They're doing something to us when we are reading them. Uh, Psalm 119 says this. Your commands, God, are always with me, and they make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers. I have more understanding than the elders. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So the Bible, and this whole psalm is really about Scripture, it gives me wisdom, it gives me insight, it gives me understanding. It lights up my path and my journey. And then Paul, in one more passage we're going to read, says this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, Correcting and training in righteousness or rightness or living rightly so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture, like every single part of Scripture, teaches us, trains us, like a good trainer, right? Equips us for every good thing that we want to do in life. And it's almost like all of these writers knew, yeah, there's going to be a lot of days that you don't really want to read the Bible. There's going to be a lot of days where you don't have the desire because you're busy and because there's other things going on. And it seems like there's other things in your life that are more important and more urgent to attend to. And I think all of these writers would say, we get that. That makes total sense. And that's okay. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But here's what you need to know the Bible will actually teach you the most important things in life. It will prepare you and equip you for all the things that you need to do. It'll give you wisdom and perspective and insight. It's more powerful than you think it is. When you're reading it and you're checking out or you're distracted or you're not sure what it means, it's actually doing something to you, even if you don't realize it. And it will give you the endurance and the encouragement and the hope that you so desperately need. But not if it's sitting on a shelf. Not if you don't read it. Now, there's one other reason that some of us struggle when it comes to reading the Bible, and it's this. Maybe you would say this today, I have the desire to read the Bible, but I just can't consistently do it. So the desire is there. You just don't know where to start. I mean, let's be honest. It's a big book. It can be overwhelming. You don't even know how to tackle it, right? You don't have a a plan. Or maybe you've tried something in the past. Maybe in the past you kind of got really excited one time or you set a goal. I'm going to start reading the Bible every single day and somebody gave you a plan. And you did it for three or four days, right? Or maybe even for, for three or four weeks. But at some point, you gave up. Because it got too hard, or maybe you forgot a few days in a row and it was just too hard to start up again, or you just got on track, or you got in Leviticus and you totally got lost there, right? And so the desire is there, but you would say, I just can't seem to stick with it. So I've been thinking about all of this for the last couple of months, and um, I had an idea. And I think it's a good idea, I think it's from the Holy Spirit. We'll see. But I wondered, what if we decided to all read the Bible together? What if, specifically next year, in 2023, we invited every single person in our community to read through the entire Bible together in a year? Would you do it? Here's how we'll help you. First, we'll give you a reading plan, right? A way to to tackle this sort of project. Something really intentional, really well thought through. We'll just read one book at a time. We're not going to skip around the Bible a whole bunch of different uh, places because that can be tough. We'll mostly read it in order. Because there's a really important um, development uh, that takes place, a progression that takes place. Um, From time to time, we'll jump out of order. Uh, Maybe during the season of Lent, when we're in the Old Testament, it would be good to jump out of that and be reading the New Testament. Maybe when we get to that huge section of prophets in the Old Testament, and it's really hard to make it through that entire section. Like, we'll just call a timeout, like halfway through, and read something a little easier. So we'll jump out of order every now and then, but we'll have a plan that's really well thought through. And we'll make it five days a week, not seven days a week, right? Because I don't know about you, but if you tell me here's something to do, and I have to do it every single day for the next 365 days, like it's probably not going to happen. So what if we have a plan where we read it together for five days a week, and then you get the weekends off? Or if you got behind during the week, you get the weekends uh, to catch up. So we'll provide a reading plan. Uh, Second, we'll provide some resources, recommendations, some books or some articles or some videos that are really helpful, suggestions about what kind of Bible to read, what kind of translation to use, because there's a whole bunch of translations out there. Um, Maybe you're one of those people who has done this in the past, and you're thinking, well, I've already done this. Should I do it again? Of course you should. I think you'll see and learn totally new things this time. And in fact, we'll recommend a different kind of translation, something that will make it like a totally new experience for you. Also, uh, we'll give this project some attention on Sundays. So we plan six different Sundays next year during the course of the year where instead of a normal sermon, I'll just give you an overview of the section of the Bible that we're about to read together to say, here's what we're about to read. Here's some things to look for. Here's some things to be aware of. Here's some things we might learn together. And then we'll even do a few sermon series during the year where we'll be talking about the actual books or passages we're reading during that time. But here's the big thing, and I think this is the most important thing, and this is what's going to pull it all together, and it's this. We will do this together. You see, that's what makes such a huge difference. It's one thing to attempt something like this on your own, Right? And some of you have done that before, and if you have, that's awesome. But when you do something like this with a group of people, it's totally different because you can begin to talk about it with other people who are also doing it. You know that you're in the trenches together with a whole bunch of other people. You can begin to share with friends what you're learning and what they're learning. You might even be in a group of people, like a D group, that discusses what you're learning and what you're reading as you go through the year because there will be those days, right? When we're in the middle of Ezekiel (laughs) and it's going to be tough because it's going to be a hard book to read and the last thing, you're going to have one of those days and it's going to be the last thing you want to do that day because you have so many other things that are on your plate that seem so much more important and you'll remember that there's 150 other people who are also having the same thoughts, feeling the same temptations, and are going to sit down and read the same passage in Ezekiel that you're reading today. And I don't know what it is. You can call it accountability. You can call it community. You can call it a shared experience. But that, for me, always helps me stick with it and begin to see and experience things I never would have seen or experienced if I was trying to do it by myself. So, today... I'm sharing this with you because you have six weeks to mentally prepare, right? So literally six weeks from today is New Year's Day. All right. That is the beginning of a new year. So you have six weeks to mentally prepare, uh, to spiritually prepare and maybe even to physically prepare. So maybe you go out and get a brand new shiny Bible for Christmas. Right. That always helps you start something when you buy something new. Right. So buy something new. And actually, we would recommend um, using a literal physical paper Bible for something like this. Can you use the Bible app on your phone? Of course you can. There's some really good apps for reading the Bible on your phone, um, but also it's so much easier to get distracted that way, and there's something just happens that helps you to be more focused when you're using an actual tactile uh, physical Bible, so we recommend that. Um, can you just listen to the Bible and do an audio version, right? All of you that read books, right, you know how that goes, right? Can you do that? Of course you can. You can do that. Now, I would say uh, whenever you listen to something, it's way easier to get distracted, right? It's because we have so much noise in our lives. We're always listening to stuff. So it's easy to tune out or zone out. And so definitely reading something on a page is going to help you be way more focused and way more engaged. So I would make that the number one priority. But if you're someone who says the only way I can pull this off is if I'm able to listen to some of this, then we'll give you recommendations on audio Bibles that you can listen to as well. And as I said before, um, if you've done this in the past, uh, we want to help you do it again. We think it'll be a rich experience. And so we can give you some suggestions about translations uh, to maybe consider using this time. Now, one more thing. Um, l- let me be super clear about this. If you have a good reason for not doing this, that's okay. We won't make you feel guilty. We won't question whatever your reason is we won't make you like write an essay about why you're not doing it. like we're not going to shun you or anything like that right you might have a good reason for not being able to do this but i'm also guessing probably 95% of us don't have a good reason for not doing this so i would love for everyone in our community to consider participating in this together I will do it with you. I've done this, I think, three or four times in my life, and it's always such a rich experience. It's been a few years since I've done it. And so I will do it, we will do it, and we can't wait to see what God teaches us as we read and engage his word together next year. So let me pray for us. God, as we um, sang earlier in the service, um, ultimately what we want is just more of what, who you are. More of your presence in our lives. We need more of your grace in our lives. We need more of your peace in a world that's often violent. We need more of your compassion more of your healing in a world that's full of brokenness. And God, um, so we ask you as we think about what it means to um, engage you more, to learn more about you, to see how you've worked in the past and to open ourselves up to how you might want to be working in our own lives. Would you give us the strength and the encouragement we need? We pray all this in your name. Mm. Amen.